0: it's great mondays radio i'm josh levine your host founder of great mondays we help executives from hyper growth technology and social enterprise organizations build cultures that attract engage and retain top talent if you'd like to be a guest on our program hang out for about 20 minutes and i'll tell you how Hey, everybody. It's Great Mondays Radio. I'm so excited to have uh, a get. Well, my guest today is Jan Gelman. He is the VP of People at Spokio. Um, he has a lot of experience as uh, someone in the uh, people field, and uh, I'm really excited to hear what he has to say about some of the culture work that he's gone through, some of those experiences. So, Jan, welcome to uh, Great Mondays Radio. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here, Josh.
0: So tell me um, what, let's start off, what's Spokio? It's not a household name uh, 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 just yet. I, I think it's a startup, right? So we got to-
1: Well, uh, we're a 14-year-old startup. So we've been around for a while. All right. People search engine. If you look at our company, if you come in and visit us, our office in Pasadena, California, uh, we're very much a startup-like culture, but we're definitely an established company. Okay. We are fully distributed. We do have an office, but we're fully distributed and we are a people search engine. So most people think that we are a background check company, but we don't do background checks. We do people search. Okay. So if you want to look somebody up, for example, if you're going into a real estate transaction, you're dating somebody and you're trying to find out more information about this person. I wouldn't call it cyber stalking, but we get public information from public sources and we disseminate it in a way that people can use it. Wow. We have. B2C clients, so clients in law enforcement and debt collectors that are using our services to do, skip tracing and find, find people all over the country and all over the world potentially.
0: Wow, pretty powerful stuff. So, your VP of people, how long have you been um, uh, in this role at Spokio?
1: So, I've been at Spokio for just about nine months. So, I'm very new here. Yeah. Ironically, at our company, nine months is a really short tenure. Most people have been here for five, seven, eight, ten 10 years. Uh, of all of our VPs, I'm, I mean, I think the next shortest tenure is two years. So yeah. I'm really far behind. <laughs> um, I run three distinct verticals for our company. So in HR, so obviously HR operations is number one, talent acquisitions number two, and then culture engagements number three. And we have a big department. I'm fortunate enough to have 13 people in the department who are really committed and very excited about their work at Spokeo.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, you are definitely blessed with a with a good team because I know plenty of other folks in your in your role that does don't quite have that. So it seems like um, there's quite an awareness of the importance of that people team uh, at the organization. So tell me, um, one of the first things that I love to hear from folks when I when I just get to know them is when culture became important to them. When did they first? realize it in business that this was something, cause not everybody's there, right? That's what we're trying to do is trying to get more people there. So what was your moment? When did you uh, go, oh my gosh, totally. This is really, this is something that I, I need to think about.
1: So for me personally, it happened at one of the companies that I used to work for where the CEO actually, and I don't wanna name her, but the CEO actually evangelized culture. And she said that we're all about culture. Culture is really important to me. And the culture kind of was represented in these company precepts that were were plastered on every wall of every conference room all over the building. Mm. And we had, I mean, it was a long time ago, so I can't remember, but it was something like love, joy, responsibility, and trust. Those were the four main ones. And we posted them on every wall. And everybody was supposed to live by those things that were on the back of our business cards. And our CEO did the exact opposite of all of those things. Exactly. And I could never understand that because my job was to really be the evangelist of this and be the promoter of this. And one day she would just get up and say, oh, you know what, Josh, I don't like Josh. Let's fire him. And I'm like, well, how is that love? She's like, well, if you'll find something he loves to do and let him do that. And so I could never understand that. And I'm really, I'm not the kind of person who, I'm a very direct person and I believe in, you have to do what you say. And the most important thing about culture is you don't have to say it. I mean, you can run a company like, the, like IBM was run in the 1980s. I'm the boss, you're not, shut up and do what I tell you. And if you're going to put it all over the walls, you might as well kind of promote it. And so at that point, I, I realized that culture is important, but you have to do culture the right way. And that was not the right way
0: hmm. There's the uh, implicit and explicit culture, right? So it's, ex- you have to align those two. And more often than not, you are probably not surprised to hear, I have observed that those two things do not match, right? There's the things that we say and the things that we do. So now that you have this, you know, you had that formative experience, what does that mean to you? Like, how do you apply that as a leader, Uh, specifically, uh, I I guess there's two conduits, right? It's like the, or how you experience from the organization and then how you conduct yourself as the leader of that group, right? So that, that experience of like expressing and living, how do you adapt that? Like, how do you put that into play every day within your team?
1: Well, so I'm very fortunate that at Spokio, we do what we say and our values are closely aligned with our culture. And that's really the most important part. And so we, we're really proud of our culture, right? Because we, we're fully aware that we're competing against all the fan companies or whatever you want to call them these days. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty big. I mean, we're bigger than a startup, but we're definitely, we can't compete with Google. Yes. All the benefits that they might offer and all the things that they could have. So we have to compete on something else and our people embrace our culture and our people come to the office and come to work every day because of our values and our culture. And so one of the things, for example, one of our one of our key values is clarify with data and we believe in everything with data. And if you go to our CEO, who is really, really an evangelist of the culture, and it's pretty great to have, by the way, all three co-founders still working for us. So the three yeah. people who go to the companies are still are still running Spokio. And most people don't like to come to the office, or some people don't. They're in the office every single day. Really? Yes, they live close to the office and they want to be there, they want to experience culture. That's why we have free lunches so they can be well fed. <laughs> but so, but I mean, all kind of joking aside, culture is really important to us. And this is what this is why people want to work with us. And we, because we want to clarify everything with data, we look at different numbers. We look at engagement reports, attendance reports to understand who comes to what events. So I'm very fortunate. to have People on my team who are very excited about the culture and they come up with things that I could never come up with in a million years. Like, I mean, we just, you know, we play, we play games. We play things that are, you know, just don't really come natural to me. But we have people on our team who are, man, Calling out Sam, who has been amazing at this. And she just comes up with really exciting events. It's not something you can find online, but she just plans different things that will be exciting for our teammates. And we'll kind of look at the demographics, we'll look at what people want to do. Uh, One of the events we have coming up is Movie Under a Star. So we rented a movie theater and a venue where we can. It's going to be in Los Angeles in August. So the weather's supposed to be nice and we're going yeah. to watch a movie that people like. Uh, we have a lot of people who are really into Marvel movies and you know, Star Wars and things like that. I'm not, but I'll be there to support the team because it's not about the movie. It's about the interaction with other people. Yeah. So, so that
0: was something that that your team that this either Sam or someone on your team came up with and said, hey, this is some. This is important for us to get together? Because you started by saying you're 100% distributed, but also then you have leaders that are coming in. So are there, I'm assuming most people are in the Pasadena area or are you flying people in for this?
1: Well, it depends. So we have a good mix of virtual events and a good mix of in-person events. Okay. So we have about so in our workforce, I think 55% of us live within driving distance to the Pasadena office. Okay. Yeah, 5% do not. I live in San Francisco, so pretty far from Pasadena. Yeah. But we try to encourage people to come to the office whenever possible. So I personally come to the office for about a week every month. So I can be around people, And you know, as the head of people, as an VP of people, I need to be around people and I want to keep the pulse on what people are doing. Right. But so for people who are, we were fully in office before the pandemic, and then the pandemic made people more distributed. We allow people to move to different states. Yep. So it's not really feasible for people to come to the office every time we have a movie night. Yeah. Uh, we do have. So what we have now is we implemented something called In Office Day, which is once a month towards the last week of the month. We encourage all the people within the greater Los Angeles area to come to the office for very special lunch. We have presentations. We have Events, we have games. And for remote people, we have remote events. We just did a remote escape room, which was really, really popular among our people. And so we try to get people to collaborate. We have a remote casino night coming up where people are going to play games. And you can do that from Florida or Texas or wherever our employees are.
0: Is that going to be something that you think you'll get a high participation rate from? People that are in the Pasadena area, right? People who generally show up, I come to the office, no big deal. Will they participate in the in the the kind of remote events as well?
1: Absolutely, yes. Because sometimes they just want to be home with their families or just go home and do something else. But they would still log in and participate. I mean, we have prizes. We have we try to shame people who don't participate, kind of joking. <laughs> but we really try to encourage people to come in.
0: All right, so I, I I think that's I think that's that, well. So you're cognizant of, right? You've got a lot of people all over the place, and I what I want to sort of call out is that regular one in office day, and that is the day when you can bring people together for a particular reason. So one of the things last year, one of the things that I realized is that on site is the new off site. That's exactly- right. And that that I, that sounds like what this is, is like, okay, we're going to bring people together. You can come in to work here whenever you want. We would encourage you to, but there's a different reason to come to the office. We're going to you know keep the office because we want people to come together. We want to have these in-person briefings. We want to have these experiences. And then on top of that, for the people we're aware of and for the people that are uh, uh, further afield, you're going to continue to do some relationship building.
1: That's exactly right, Josh. And so we also have, so if you know that your you're senior VP is coming in, it probably would behoove you to come to the office as well to maybe get some face time with him or her. Yeah. And so we're trying to do that as well. And we also have something we've had for a long time, which is something we call the team week, which is one week, potentially two within a year. We're still debating this, but we had... So that was one of the first events I attended that spoke you. And it was a team week. It was at the end of January. And this is when everybody comes to the office. And it's, I would call it mandatory with air quotes, but it is mandatory. So we ask people to come in. And you we fly
0: have, people in. Is that yeah, right? We fly people in for okay. that.
1: Yes, we had 98% participation last time. So everybody flew in unless they had a very specific reason not to be there. Yep. But we really, we try to be, I mean, we're asynchronous when we have to be, when we try to be. In real time, and I'll give you an example. Our CEO is Taiwanese, and so he's in Taiwan right now. He's maintaining 100% Pacific code, Pacific Time Zone hours. Wow! So he attends every meeting. He sleeps in the morning and works at night, but he wants to be he wants to be sure that he's present for whatever the company needs. And we kind of expect people to do that. So if you work remotely, even for a little bit, we expect you to keep the Pacific Coast hours. Or at least
0: keep your important meetings on the calendar. Um, what? So I'm I'm looking at some of these values that you have. I kind of look them up, um, and I see the clarify with data or under. Uh, let's see, clarify with data, listen with empathy, understand the why, innovate to learn, collaborate to achieve, insist on quality. How do you, as a leader, or how does the CEO or any of the leadership model that and is, is there, I guess, how do you, what I would say is maybe I'll back up and say, how do you activate, how do you operationalize these values, right? So it's like, like you said, you can put them up on the wall. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? Especially if you have a CEO who doesn't do it. Okay. Clearly your CEO spoke CEO, we're assuming, you know, lives these values. That's fine. Um, that's what we would assume. That would be bare, min- bare minimum, I think. Well, you know, as people, <laughs> people, right? But how does this organization, how does and 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 in your team or uh, and others actually operationalize these values? Because to me, that's where the big gap will often come. We we've got them. We love these ideas. Nobody's arguing with them, right? But you need to actually make them work because people are people. They're going to have their habits. They're not. They're not going to think about your values. They've they got things to do, right?
1: Well, this is, it's up to you as a manager to change their behavior. And that's what we try to do. So we keep those values at the forefront of everything we do. So every OKR cycle, every process, those values are front and center for everyone. Mm-hmm. And if you don't listen with empathy, right? Well, I would be fired if I didn't listen with empathy because that's my job. Right. <laughs> but for, for our engineers or somebody else, I mean, it's, it's really important that the manager always looks at those things, right? And we tell them. So their OKRs are directly related to those values and we call them out every time. And I can tell you from experience, if you go into a meeting and you don't clarify with data, or you don't understand the why and you can't explain the why you're going to get called out and you're going to have to ask for a do-over because it doesn't work. So, and this is how we keep it very fresh because those values are important to us. It's not just random words that somebody put on, on the wall. This mm-hmm. is something that we all do. And mm-hmm. so you by example, and you demand the same of your people and mm-hmm. of your team. And that's, that's how we keep them fresh.
0: Great. I love that. Right. So, so integrating them into the, the OKRs, right? Your objectives and key results. Like that's what, that I think is a really critical step. So that's terrific to hear. Um, I really love, and and my, my listeners really love to hear the stories that um, impacted you either from a, something that was a tremendous success or something that was just a Burning garbage of failure, but you've <laughs> taken away a you know you learned from it, and again you know it's like well, I'm trying to uh, help um, more people understand that the culture is is a living, breathing thing, and learning how to do it. So I love to ask this question of my guest is like, what did you learn? Like what was a what was a big success, and you're like, ah, great, this is a takeaway, or what was a huge failure? Oop, try try again. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn to do it differently next time? What what do you, what do you bring in with you? What's this, what's the story that impacts how you work?
1: Sure. Absolutely. I can tell you, Josh, that I've worked for a lot of startups, real startups. Some of them made it, some of them did not. Yeah. And so you, you know, they always say the cliches that you always learn more from failure. And I've had a few of those. And so I worked for a company that was in the gaming space many years ago and I came in and this company was south of market. It was before all the remote work. So we're south of market here in San Francisco. And we came in and my first day, they like, oh, come on, lunch is being served. And we come in and I, I learned on day one that we have a chef on staff that cooks for us every day and he cooks on demand. So he has like three different dishes that he makes and you can submit requests ahead of time and he'll make you whatever you want. Okay. We shared it with another company. And I have a lot of qualities, but cooking and skills, cooking is not one of my special skills. I don't know how to cook anything, Josh. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at me. I eat pretty well, but I can't cook. <laughs> and I thought it was the greatest company ever. And I thought I would retire from that company because that was my dream, right? Yeah. Short of having my mom sit next to me and make me my favorite dishes, that was, that was the most impressive thing ever. And I was so excited. And the first day and the second day and on Friday, they also did breakfast for us. And I came in and he goes, how do you like your eggs? And I said, well, let's get them over hard, which is how I always get it. No problem. And I thought, this is what a great way to build your culture. But three weeks after that, I got really used to this. And I started coming in like an entitled person. And I'm like, wait, no poached eggs today? Like, well... I thought we all like poached eggs. I guess, I guess I'm going to eat them different today. And so my point is what I learned is that you can't just create a perk that people will forget about in two weeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because after that, it won't, be, it won't be seen as a perk anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's not part of the culture. It's just something you give people. It's like people are not going to thank you every day for giving them great health insurance. They think about it. But for a short period of time. After that, it becomes expected. And so that's what that's what I learned very quickly is that providing perks and mistaking them for culture or for benefits mm. or for even something that matters to people is a really really big mistake. So you really need to create culture. And by the way, at Spokeo we do have free lunches that are catered right. from different places every day. We have breakfast every Fridays. Okay. We don't have a chef on staff, but there are plenty of chefs in the Pasadena area that cook for us. Yeah, and it's great. But again, realistically, you tell people that when we're recruiting them, and therefore that's pretty good. But nobody says that unless you give me donuts every Wednesday, I'm not coming to work for you. Yeah, it's just not going to move the needle. Yeah, and it's also not culture. It's just something that you get. Yeah, does it differentiate you from other companies, perhaps? But does it differentiate you enough to to say people, you know what, I'm not going to go to Google because your lunches are better. That's probably unlikely. And so this is, that's what I learned. You can't do that. And you can't expect the culture to happen around that lunch table. Mm-hmm. The culture has to be intentional.
0: Mm-hmm. You have to
1: create it around values and you have to listen to what people tell you about the culture. And that way, and that's the only way that you can build a culture you can be proud of and your employees can be proud of.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I, I think that's, that's 100% correct. I, um, many stories, I have a colleague who talks about you know, when people were complaining when the kombucha on tap wasn't, you know, wasn't working or you're like, and we just, it's, you know, and so it's, you do, you do kind of get entitled and it doesn't, it is not, you just, it's as a, it's a human trait. And so that doesn't make a difference. It makes it easier, you know, like, you know, okay, it's great. You're bringing in lunch and it's a little quicker, a little easier, but ultimately that's not what culture is. You're right. So what would you say then is um, connecting it to that story? What would people say is the reason that they work at Spokio? What is, you know, if, if you, cause I was going to call you out. You're like, it's not I call. I was like, you just said that they serve lunch every day. So what <laughs> is it, right? What, what is, what is the thing that makes the difference? What is the, like the one or two things that come up time and time again, you started by saying. There's a lot of people who have been here for a long time. That is, a, I mean, two years is kind of the top end, usually in tech. And so you're saying there's a lot of people there. Something must be working. What is it? What do they say is the reason that they stick around?
1: The reason is our people. And I know it sounds very generic, but we call them Spokemon, Spokemon is the term that we use. Spokemon. <laughs> okay. Somebody came up with it. Not me. I'm not that creative, but Spokemon is what we go with internally so and this is that's what makes you come back right but in reality the fact that our co-founders are active and accessible at all times they're 100 transparent about everything so we have these company meetings the all hands once a month where we show all the financial data that people need to know we show them all the new people that came in uh, we show them all the things we're working on. We tell them what, we give ourselves grades on what worked and what didn't. And people really appreciate that. People appreciate the transparency. They appreciate that they work with people who they can rely on, right? And this makes everybody's job a lot easier. I mean, I can ask somebody to do something and they're not going to ask me, well, why do you need it? Can somebody else do it? I don't have to ask them a second time either. They're gonna, they're going to do it if you ask mm. them because they they believe that you have a reason for trust what's going on. absolutely and you don't have to say trust on the wall when you really have real trust mm-hmm. we rely on one another our okr system is really dependent upon each each department right so i can't do something without the help from accounting and product management whatever it could be and it's just it's really it really helps us do our jobs better and work better and I can tell you, I came in and so I'm I'm one of the newer employees. We hired a lot of people this year, but I'm still one of the newer, we call our employees teammates, but one of the newer teammates, let's say. Mm-hmm. But still, every time I come in, people are people are out there. They want to give me a hug. They want to talk to me. They want to sit down with me. And it's not just because I'm so great, but it's like that with everyone. Our management's very transparent. They're very open. We get, We give people instant feedback in a very positive and supportive way we clarify everything with data so people understand the why right so if you're not performing you know why and i tell my boss and i tell everyone uh don't surprise me i hate surprises just tell me what it is and don't wait until the to tell me it's something that's not working tell me right now and i can fix it
0: right i think those. it's not it sounds like people aren't scared To share, like this is such a big problem in a lot of companies where they're like they're scared they're going to be, I don't know, uh, dinged because they're bringing the bad news. But it sounds like you've built or you're trying to build that trust. You're like, tell me, it's cool. We're all in this together. Is that? Am I hearing that correctly? That's exactly right.
1: So I mean, we have we have a normal review scale of one to five. Our review cycle ends on Friday, so that's why it's really fresh in my head but yeah so we have those numbers one two three four five and two is needs improvement nobody gets below two three meets expectations four it exceeds expectations five i haven't seen anybody get a five so we do two three or four and mm-hmm. if you need improvement they tell you exactly what you need to improve and so by the next cycle you know what you could have done better amazing and you should have known that throughout the cycle and we have other things that keep people in you know i mean kind of a more it's not really culture but we do we do two merit increases a year. So we review your salary twice a year, which is something other companies don't do. Right. And that's, that's a big selling point. Not everybody gets a raise, but yeah, these people see what you're doing every six months.
0: I mean, it's, it, to me, it's, it's the, 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 that's great, right? You're being evaluated and reevaluated and that's a good pace. There's no guarantee, but again, that financial piece after a certain amount, right? Like that's kind of the base number. And then you kind of, that's, it's not, someone come come along with a higher salary. So you can't rely on that. It's not the salary. It's that we're paying attention. It's what that, that, those two increases or um, reviews mean, right? That's to me, it's like, oh, you're paying attention. So I don't, it's, it's not about the money. It's about that we're reevaluating. You're seeing me for my value, I think. All right. Last, last question, and we'll wrap it up. Um, What advice would you have for somebody that would love to eventually be a VP of people um, like, like you are, you've been, you've had a lot of experiences, good, bad, ugly. Um, Where should somebody, if someone is currently uh, either an individual contributor or, or maybe even just kind of a people manager, but Want to be in charge of or run a a people group what did what do would you do have any advice that you might offer to kind of help people get there or guide them in some way
1: sure so i would start with a lot of
0: patience so don't force it right
1: i mean the title will come and i've been asked a lot of times how come you're still ahead of people instead of being a vp of people or chief people officer and i always tell them i'm the most senior person in my role i have nowhere i mean I worked for a smaller company that we didn't really have all those big titles, so it's not about the title. But what you need to do is you need to learn to become a true generalist of what you do. So there are a lot of people who come to, you know, head of people or VP of people through recruiting, or people who go through traditional HR roles, and it's just it's very different, right? I, if you look at my career, I started in accounting. I called myself a recovering accountant. Yeah. So I used to be I used to be an accountant. I had those slash roles with accounting slash HR. And because of my personality, I realized that I gravitate towards HR. So it's not not a straight path. All you you have to do is learn as much as you can. And so I started in smaller companies, so I got exposed to a lot of different areas. Because in many cases, I was the team of one. I now lead a big team, but I used to be a team of one, which was still a pretty great opportunity to learn everything. You know, if you ask me if I know how to find a good ATS, I do. And if you ask me if I know how to implement an HRIS, yes, absolutely, I've done that before. And I can't come up with really creative culture events, but I could probably figure that out too if I need. You
0: don't need to, you just need to hire the right people that know how. (laughs) That's right, the
1: company needs to have money to do that. But yes, no, I I think just be patient, learn a lot of things. I got my certification, so I have my SPHR. Yep. Uh, So some people get a different certification, but it's, it's really helpful, right? It just kind of, it lets people out there know that you know hr so they don't have to worry about you saying something inappropriate or doing something that's incorrect and i think that's really that's more external than internal i don't know if you're going to use all this knowledge but it's important for people to know that you're certified that you're you're capable
0: and we need to have patience and compassion once again so patience and compassion would be my true answer i love it i love it let's end on patience and compassion Jan Gelman, uh, VP of People at Spokio. Uh, you can find and learn more about Spokio at Spokio.com, S-P-O-K-E-O.com. Jan, thank you so much for coming on. Great Monday's radio. Uh, I, re- I really learned a lot. Um, your experience, I think, uh, is, uh, is definitely something we can, all, we can all learn from. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much, Josh. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Hey, if you want to be a guest, head over to greatmondays.com slash radio. We'd love to hear from you. And if you think this episode was interesting and your friends and fans would enjoy it, please share on social media. And if you want to get more people to understand the power of company culture in business today, please rate and review great mondays radio on your podcasts app or podcast feed it really helps us reach more people if you want to make sure to hear more candid conversations with culture leaders subscribe to great mondays radio and i'd love to connect with you find me on linkedin at aka josh levine on youtube at great mondays and you can always email me josh at greatmondays.com. Find out more about our work with hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations, or grab a copy of our book at greatmondays.com. I'm Josh Levine. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio.